0: All right, I gotta know. Yes, I'm about to activate it. No, 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 not that. What the hell does Kree mean? Well, actually, it means a lot of things. Um, loosely translated, it means uh, attention, listen up, concentrate. Yoohoo? Yes, in a manner of speaking. Huh. Okay. Here goes. Cree. you who, folks. It's Andrew here, back on the Cree you Podcast. We're talking about the episode Need from Season 2. It's, uh, it's that one I was looking forward to, or at least the one that I kind of remembered, where Daniel becomes a crack addict. And um, doing some sarcophagus action on planet P3R 636. So what are we doing? We're con- covertly watching a primtile ceremony thing with some priests in a forest somewhere? in the opening? No, it's not printer stuff from, like, from Bloodlines. It's Nakwada. Remember SG3 brought back a little piece from blah 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 blah? Insert stupid backstory here that we just thought of and pulled out of our asses. What do we got on this planet? It's pyramid ships. Um. But they're not huttucks, you know? They don't have the, the extra grey bits around. They're only the pyramid parts at this point. Anyway, we've got a um, one-point uh, reference here to the film. It's like a small scale of the um, the film camp. You know, they're mining in aqua. A few, a few guards around making deliveries. It's, it's basically the film on a tiny scale. And um, so Daniel follows cutie with crocodile skins in her robes up to the cliff face and saves her life. Turns out she's a princess, so... You could almost give it another point there, just off the top of my head. This is like a princess and the frog kind of situation thing. In reverse, you know? Damsel in distress. Anyway, they're captured. So it's a captured episode. Oh no, we're being held prisoner. I'm really struggling with my enthusiasm for this episode. (laughs) It's a cool concept, but I didn't like it. Another case of one of these, series one, series two, early ones, where it just sort of plods along and the story has been padded out with a bunch of plot. And the way they direct it is very, very slow. Uh, What are we... You attack my daughter, says Captain Mustache. (laughs) That was funny when I wrote this last night. Um, And I gave it ten points here. Because he's stroking Carter in the face, like, extremely weirdly. Like, he's captured her and he's about to make her a slave girl. It's like, ooh, you pretty face, girl. It's disgusting. Hey, I noticed that Damien Kindler had a little bit of a story credit in this one. Is that the beginning? Because there's an interview with him on one of the DVDs. that says he only started working on Stargate on season 7. So it must be first appearance of Damien Kimmler. Let me look into that. Give it another point there. So actually, I'm giving it extra points at the time of recording this. Hmm. And of course, it's the first episode where we... Well, it's not the first, but, you know, one of these early episodes where we're establishing all this stuff about the Naquita and Carter's blood... Or, whatever can sense the presence or absence of it in other people, and then Tilk's like, I can also do that. It's like, cool, good to know, guys, good to know. And then we got a two point reference here to obvious reference to hi ho, hi ho, Jack is working in the mines. And I was gonna make that reference earlier because they're working in a mine with a pickaxe, but he does it for me so, um. (laughs) <laughs> it's pretty funny actually that Tilk is like working with one hand on his axe because he's a giant alien man <laughs> perfect physical health and just like this is easy for me human um but of course it's time to escape because no one can no prison can hold O'Neil and um yeah thankfully Daniel cr- while crushed by a Rockfall is alive um and I noticed right here it's directed by David Worry-Smith and i got to say, I did not like it, as I already sort of mentioned there. He's just got so many empty frames that don't move just wide or mid-shots of people who are having intense conversations, or it should really be like, a, like an interesting tight shot or something. But anyway, he doesn't, give the, he doesn't do a lot of the uh, the tropes. He certainly doesn't do any push and swells, which pissed me off to no end. Hmm. <laughs> So, the king and the princess are talking, and then the sarcophagus gets revealed from under the um, the, the throne stuff, and Daniel Jackson's in there, of course, and uh, the doors creak open. It's really funny that they play that sound effect of the like stone grind, grinding on stone whenever they open those doors. But every time I see those doors open and close, I just think, like, it's jerky, and there's some stagehand sitting behind there, like, moving a scissor mechanism to make it move, and it's just, like, doesn't... It, it, they're not selling it. It's not convincing. <laughs> you may call me Shyla, late Miss Lady of the Royal Robes. Um, meanwhile, of course, SG-1 are drinking dark brown sludge water, and Jack's like, I've had worse. Anytime they throw in a little, uh, you know, oblique reference to his past, I'm I'm unhappy <laughs> whenever we hear that he's been in prison or been on missions where he's broken his legs and had to walk out on uh, for nine days or, you know, been on a failed mission to snatch some KGB guy with Kowalski. You know, I'm happy when these things have come up. A little bit of backstory there. Retired... So Daniel and Shiloh, like, falling in love and talking and, yeah, yeah, I'm working on it, getting her trust, blah, 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 blah. How old is she? Is she supposed to be, like, 16 and easily impressionable and taken away by this strange, spectacle-clad, dark and handsome stranger? Or is, I mean, the actress is, like, clearly in her 20s, maybe even later, and... You know, like, she shouldn't be this naive, really. Also, why does she whisper? It's her para- her palace, and every time she talks, she's, like, whispering in somebody's ear. <laughs> she's, like, a very downtrodden and put-upon young lady. Uh, she's in a bit of a fix there. And not really in a, you know, likeable character. Um, it sounds almost romantic. You're my destiny. Don't you love Daniel's little? Whoa! What? <laughs> um. So anyway, it's revealed that it's not a, a captured episode of Stargate. It's a it's a Dandelion Distress episode of Stargate. Surprisingly difficult to kill you, isn't it, Daniel? More of this repressed anger towards Daniel. <laughs> I've mentioned this on previous episodes that sometimes when. There needs to be a little bit of uh, someone in SG-1 getting out of control and the other guys need to smash them about a bit. It's always Daniel. Gotta love it. Everyone's just kind of under the surface, pissed off with Daniel at all times and ready to smack him should the situation warrant it. <laughs> um, yeah, just some really good O'Neill lines. Like, There's not much to do in this script. It's kind of like, it's so boring and slow, but they find some good stuff there. Uh, I'm getting you guys out of here, but not yet. I'm sorry! <laughs> you know, it just builds all the tension. And of course, this is not the first time that Daniel's been seduced by stuff. I think artifacts and, uh, you know, he wanted to stay behind on the torment of Tantalus. Uh, Daniel, may I remind you, none of this will mean squat if we don't get out of here! Uh, what else is here? God, this is so long. This lady's father, I didn't even bother learning his name, but his name is the God Slayer, and he's like the worst father of all times. I slayed gods. Yeah, thanks for the explanation there. In my, you know, 2020 TV-watching brain, it's like, Ooh, I want to see that. I, I bet that's like Game of Thrones back in the olden days when people were running around with giant axes slaying gods and claiming the throne for themselves. Ooh, boy. I bet this guy was all like that little shit Ramsey Bolton. <laughs> but we find out that he's 700 years old. Jeepers. Um... And we're talking about this is all a masquerade, and you know we can kissy kissy. She's so delusional too, like that guy, and like and like Daniel. And she's like, "Come on, take a hit. If you love me, you'll you'll eat this. Come on, you'll enjoy it. It'll be fun. All the cool kids are doing it. Get in my sarcophagus." Wow, that's a uh, bit of a. um... Freudian <laughs> kind of symbol there. Get in my sarcophagus. Anyway, moving on quickly from that. Where do we go? we got number one. Oh, we got one point for a push and swell when Daniel jumps into the sarcophagus. Like, well, at least there's one interesting little camera movement that says maybe this is a tense thing. And we got five points, because back at the SGC, it's Walter. He's receiving a transmission from P3R 636. Jackson, out. Um, blah, 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 blah. Daniel Jackson visits SG-1 in the mines again, and he's, like, all hyped up, and that's pretty cool. It's like, so what if we put Daniel Jackson on drugs? What would he be like? He'd be like himself, but even more annoying. Let's let's see what that sees uh, looks like on screen. <laughs> so that was a cool little writing idea. You know, he's got clearly side effects. God, I, I'm so clear, I can do anything. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know he's such a junkie. You're almost expecting to see needles. No, you look, Jack. You're res- you never respect me. We're doing it my way. Yeah. Okay. I'll settle for this. You know some good character stuff here, and all the again the repressed things that they don't talk about on the normal basis. But the the clash of the two worldviews. At least that sort of comes out, and that's kind of interesting. And Daniel's saying, you you know, you're always trying to blow stuff up, <laughs> and be proud to be stupid and ignorant of stuff, and we're doing it my way this time. We're sitting here and we're learning everything. Okay. Um, yeah, real breakdown in the relationship. Which is... Interesting. There's an episode coming in Series 3 called Shades of Grey where they talk about their friendship in like quite open terms and like really frankly and are kind of vulnerable about it and say that, you know, we've been working on this. <laughs> I thought it was going better. <laughs> um, perhaps here is where it truly started to break down. Every time we see this girl, Shyla, she is wearing left's clothes. I mean, they come out from, like, behind this corner, and... Like, they're bonking, right? They're doing it. They're doing the nasty. Anyway. She's whispering in the air, We can change things, Daniel Jackson. You know, he's very susceptible to this. She's like a worm tongue. But I've got a one-point push-and-swell on that. Uh, we've got more of this... Carter having visions from Jolinar, Jolinar's memories, it changes your brain, Kalash, one soul. And I got a seven-point reference here. It's the only seven points that are remaining for references. The man who would be king. Because all power makes you delusional, of course. That's a good movie, The Man Who Would Be King. A little dated now, but uh, it's it's something. And, you know, the the those points for the obvious reference is obvious. It's going to have to also include the... Uh, The mention that O'Neill makes about Daniel going all dark side on us. Yeah. And don't forget, of course, I'll be back. (laughs) Anyway, I gave it two more points just as a wild card, just because they're in that pit. They're filming in that quarry where they filmed Children of the Gods. Like, there's this one... There's got to be, like, one pit in Vancouver of, like, shingle, and where it meets the forest, the gravel meets the trees, and they're always filming SG-1 in that same location, sometimes from different angles, but not always. (laughs) I swear, it's the same place. Two points for that. Anyway, Daniel's back on Earth. Hooray. I had a wife? Come on, be serious. How long am I gonna wait? You've never known what love is, have you? Oh my god. He's, he's ripping on Carter, but when he's saying you'd never know what love is, is he talking about his love for Shiloh, or is he talking about his love of the Sarcophagus? I think he's talking about his drugs. So they strap him down, and he's detoxing, and he's going through all the junkie withdrawals, and then Fraser walks in. It's cool that it's... You know, you, you see he's plotting something, because the arm is moving. <laughs> and then he leaps up and beats this guard... And you know what? I gave it one point, because this guard is a red shirt. He gets beaten, I'm going to say, to death. Even though, you know, we never see him recovering in the infirmary. We never mention, hey, he took out that guard and he's dead. Or, he took out that guard and he's in bad shape, but he'll make it. We don't say anything else about him. And the sound effects played grunts and groans every time he got hit. But that's only because it's a PG show on like seven o'clock television and kids might be watching. I reckon for the point of the story we're supposed to take away that Daniel is so consumed with his power and feeling invincible and bulletproof that he beat this guy to death. I'm giving it the one try, one point red shirt uh marker there. Come at me. <laughs> and O'Neill and Jackson go in a little storeroom and they have their little brawl, that fight that they've always had coming, you know, it comes to a head. And I'm actually a little bit disappointed they didn't make more out of it. There could have been a bit more of an arc there. Not just a one-episode, Daniel, you've got a bad attitude, but like, okay, buddy, we've been, I've been putting up with your shit for a year and a half now. <laughs> Roll up your sleeves, we're doing this, let's rumble. <laughs> that, yeah, it was a good fight. But if you look closely at the footage, it's very clearly... Dan Shea, the stunt coordinator, who is Richard Dean Anderson's stunt double and stand-in doing the fighting, not Richard Dean Anderson. So does that count as the five points for Sergeant Siler? Unfortunately it does not. Yeah. But I definitely noticed. <laughs> and then I got one point, the last point for the episode, because the front entrance, guys, and it's time for a debrief, the wrapping wrapping it all up. Her father's dead, we're going back, we owe her this and that, we should do this, we have a responsibility, blah 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 blah. You never did love me, did you? God, her when she, Daniel comes and she like asks him that and confronts him with her big teary moon face, it's just so sad. It's kind of like, um that what's her name? Lady L- Liza? From um Game of Thrones when Littlefinger <laughs> comes I have only ever loved one woman my whole life. Your sister. <laughs> Boom! You're out. Anyway, Daniel doesn't drop her down the moon hole. <laughs> Spoiler alert for Game of Thrones. <laughs> hey, how come this this girl, Charlotte, why did she never seem crazy like Daniel? She She's like a calm rational, a little bit quiet, a little bit living in imagination land, but she's not you know, she's just a normal girl pretty much. Just just a little sad. She just certainly doesn't act like Daniel acts <laughs> like I feel great, I feel blue, I can do anything. So hmm they don't explain that. Or maybe she doesn't use it much. I mean, she does say I don't use it. But then she's like, "Hey, use it. I promise you it's great. Anyway, we zap it, and it's gone. And... that's a shame. Wouldn't have been great to have one of those on Earth, wouldn't it? So, that's the end of the episode. Just another boring frame watching two people stand over a stone thing in a big empty hall. (sighs) And, like, you know, there's all these, like, fires uh, flickering in these bowls, because it's like a royal palace. Well, why not, like, in the episode with the flames going out, or better yet, the flames going brighter, to symbolise rebirth and stuff. I don't know, do something. Anyway, I got 33 points in this episode. Doesn't deserve them. It's uh, a great idea, a great concept, and a couple of great moments, but overall, I give a thumbs down to this episode. Um, Yeah, less said the better. (laughs) Join me next time for Thor's Chariot.